The Miami Hurricanes might only have to go 21.4 miles up the road to find their next defensive coordinator. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. So the newest name that's come up on the defensive coordinator hot board now is Miami Dolphins linebackers coach Anthony Campanile. Now, there's a few logical things about this with Campanile. Number one, Mario Cristobal reportedly went after him last year for this same position before ultimately hiring Kevin Steele. So the lines of communication there had been open, okay? And of course, about Campanile, he's literally working 21.4 miles up the road at the Miami Dolphins facility as the Miami Dolphins linebackers coach. Campanile, he's a family man. He's got a wife and I think three children. So maybe the idea of taking a, a different, possibly better job without having to actually leave town to do it might be appealing. Remember the Miami Dolphins situation now on the defensive side? I doubt Campanile's job is guaranteed with the Dolphins right now since they just hired a new defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio. We're not sure what Fangio wants to do with his staff. Uh, and Campanile, he's, uh, he's a hot name. He actually interviewed for the Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator job before they ended up hiring Vic Fangio, who's one of the most uh, accomplished defensive coordinators out there. So Anthony Campanile, he's a paisan, which I love, from New Jersey. Could he end up being the next Miami Hurricanes defensive coordinator? Let's bring in legend and great friend of the show, Larry Bluestein, our boy Blue. Blue, good morning. How are you, sir? Good, good. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing very well. And Blue, when I was looking over Campanile's resume last night, I figured who better to talk to about this guy than Larry Bluestein? Because, yeah, Campanile, who's, you know, he was a, a co-DC for a time at Boston College, worked at Boston College, worked at Rutgers, worked at Michigan before he got to the Dolphins. But uh, his work at Don Bosco Prep in New Jersey as their defensive coordinator was pretty legendary at the high school level. Nobody knows more about high school football than you. And Don Bosco, it's, it's a powerhouse up there in Jersey. Uh, what do people in those high school circles say about this guy? Yeah, well, uh I remember when he first started in high school uh, in Fairlawn, New Jersey, and and then he moved on to uh, to Bosco as a defensive coordinator, and then he be actually became the offensive coordinator at Don Bosco as well. Hey, maybe he could do both jobs down here. Yeah, so he he figured, what the heck, uh, you know, local guy. He's from you know Fairlawn, New Jersey, which is right down the block from Rutgers, and that's where uh, Mario's ties began with. And the, the great thing is, is every name that pops up, I think all these wannabe gurus and guys who want to break every story in the world, what they do is they trace back uh, to everybody that Mario's worked with. And, yeah. and, and you take a look at on the offensive side, uh, Nussmeyer, who was at Alabama for a second when he was there. And so it's it, it's almost humorous 
for all these names that are come, you know, coming, you know, up. But the whole thing, you know, with somebody like Campanelli, he 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 worked so hard to get to the NFL. I'm not so sure he's willing to leave. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, it, and and I'm sure that Coach Mike McDaniel is going to have some input, even though, you know, you get a guy like. Uh, Vic Fangio, who's who certainly had his share of people around him throughout his great career, but somebody like, and you take a look at, at Campanelli, he wasn't a terrible coach. I mean, people, you know, that's one thing that McDaniel's going to say, well, you yeah. know what, give him a year and see how you like him. And um, I think that's the only stumbling block. I just think that you know, you're looking at a guy, as you said, who's a family man and probably wouldn't want to leave the area as he's trying to put down some roots in a in an area like this. But um, I'll tell you, you know, you take a look at the situation in any of the situations. But, yes, he would be a great coach. Um, will he get along with everybody? You see, that's the thing that people don't realize, too, Alex. I mean, anybody that they hire on the offense or defensive side. Uh, are going to have to, you know, pretty much get together with a lot of these people they've never worked with before and in a short period of time. And I think in your opening, you made a key, um, you know, a statement three weeks to, to, um, to the opening of spring. And, and you don't (laughs) think that the person that comes in is not going to have a crash course. That's why I side with Charlie strong. The perfect segue blue. I, I wanted to get into that. And, and I, I not, I wrote a column about this at all hurricanes.com. I talked about this on the show yesterday, Charlie strong. He checks off so many boxes. Cause not only is he uber qualified for this job. I mean, he's, he's overqualified for the job he has right now as linebackers coach. Uh, you know, he's been a successful defensive coordinator. He's been a head coach, some places successful, some places not so successful. He's already on the staff, so there's continuity there. I, I like the strong idea. Well, only for the reason that you have limited time now. And yeah. I think that, you know, obviously I don't even know that all the fans and everybody, oh, we want to get rid of Kevin Steele. I don't think that was Mario's plan. I really don't. I, I just think that he was all set to going with him into into this year, and then all of a sudden someone threw him a curveball. And you know, I talked to a friend of mine the other day, and we came up with the idea that you get Charlie Strong in that position, and you you and you're going to save a a spot because he's a linebacker coach, and and he's still going to stay there. And I say, and I don't care what anybody says, I hire Jason Taylor because what's wrong with having a guy like Jason Taylor on staff going out to recruit? His knowledge is paramount. I mean, I watched it. I watched it firsthand. Most of these high school, these, these people that do recruiting, they've never seen him in action. I've seen him for four years at St. Thomas Aquinas as a defensive coordinator. I watched him as a position coach. He completely uh, turned around Nick Benito's career, completely. People don't have a uh, – and it was against Bosco of, of California. He just showed him a couple of moves and then stayed with him. And that's why wow. you had all those guys transferring from – heritage and those schools to work with Jason Taylor. And, and I mean, the guy's not going anywhere. He's down there. I think he would relish the opportunity to be on staff and then to be one of those guys that could go out and recruit. I mean, yeah, he's an analyst right now, but you know what? 
and and everybody that talks to me right now, they 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 see he's like somebody you can't hold back. So when he's out there and he's teaching, he's teaching just like he's getting a million dollars because that's his makeup. He's not a guy that's just going to sit around and be a, fi- a figurehead. And and I came up with that, you know, the other day thinking, I said, you know what? What's wrong with Charlie Strong? I've known him for yeah. 25 years. He's he's a you know he's an honorable guy. He knows what it takes. Um, you know, being a head coach, he knows how to. Um, you know, he knows what the head coach is thinking, and uh, that's my point. You know, you bring in that little combination, plus you have still you know guys and you know how. Why would you look to break up anything and bring in a new guy? who just may be iffy. I think it does more harm than good to bring in somebody at this point because they're going to have to, they're going to have to do a crash course. And that crash course is not going to be easy, especially on a defense last year. That was not good. So uh, to me, I say you keep what you have. You're, you're, you know, you're fresh with the continuity. Charlie Strong is not like uh, a Gaddis. He listens to everybody. He, He will take in, you know, he's not, he doesn't, he's beyond that, you know, where he's, oh, it's my ship and uh, what I say goes. He's way beyond that. And I think that all the coaches on the defensive side of the ball will would welcome and relish that, believe me. So uh, on the other side, I want to talk about the offensive side of the football and, and see maybe what's cooking at offensive coordinator. But uh, a couple of quick notes on the defensive side. You know, we bring up Anthony Campanile's name because he has now become a new name in that hot board, right? I've seen uh, 24-7 and on three both reporting that he's a person of interest for this job. And on, on Charlie Strong, I co-signed 1,000% with everything Larry Bluestein said. And, you know, there, there is a report uh, from uh, our pal Gary Furman at Kane Sport that apparently Charlie Strong has a hard offer from Alabama to be an assistant over there. So if you don't promote him, you might not even be able to keep him if, if, if that uh, is really the case. So we will talk about the offensive side when we come back. What Miami does at coordinator plus, I want to pick Blue's brain on some of the top quarterback prospects in the class of 2024, because I know Miami wants to bring in one of these guys in their recruiting class next year. So keep it locked, my friends, right here to Locked on Canes. FanDuel, guys, I hope you're taking advantage of all the opportunities this week with our friends at FanDuel. We're so excited about our new sports betting partner because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better, guys. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line, point spreads, who will score a touchdown, and Guys, when it comes to the Super Bowl, my favorite thing are those player props. And I'm, I'm leaning to Philly minus one and a half here. I'm leaning to it. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and it's easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet for Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So, Blue, uh, on the offensive side, uh, you know, I know Mario Cristobal keeps this stuff very, very close to the vest. You know, the within the past week, the two names that have been most prominently floated 
uh, have been uh, late last week. It was Doug Nussmeyer. Um, and then over the weekend, Jason Candle. And there, there is history there because Mario tried to hire Jason Candle for this job a year ago, but he didn't want to leave his head coaching job at Toledo then. I don't know if he wants to leave it now. Uh, there were reports that Candle uh, met with Mario and even Dan Radakovich over the weekend. So if that's the case, Blue... You know, it's already Tuesday and and nothing's happened here. I'm a little bit worried maybe that if Candle was offered the job, maybe he's going to turn it down again. Uh, any Anything you can share on the way that this offensive coordinator job is, uh, this search is shaking out? I, first of all, I, it, you know, talking to some people up in Toledo and because they recruit heavily down in South Florida and, and throughout the state of Florida, the move doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make any sense because of the fact that he's a head coach right now. I don't care if it's at a lower level or not. He's more apt to be a head coach and get, get the next, a next job than him being a coordinator, uh, you know, at a program, especially on the offensive side where you come in and there's no certainty. I mean, you, you know, this isn't, it's, I think it's a risk for him in his career to, to be at Miami. Um, but Nussmeyer makes a lot of sense. Uh, they've had brief history at Alabama. Um, here's a guy who did real well at Florida. Uh, he's a quarterback-oriented guy, so that means you don't have to go around getting a quarterback coach, too. Um, I think at this late stage, and it is late, and, and I don't think people understand that by just pulling these names out of a hat – that they're going to work. I I always look at this fact, and that's why I said on def- on the defensive side, you know what? You you know what you have in Charlie Strong and, and the people that are here. I mean, if, if we're talking December 10th, uh, you know, and then everybody's leaving and then you go, okay, let's make a decision now because you could – because here's my point, and you're, you, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. And think about it. If you are a quarterback – why would you come here right now? I mean, you don't yeah, even you know don't, what's going to go on. You don't know. You have no you idea who your coordinator, your position coach is. You know, what are you going to sell? Oh, well, yeah. we got weather. I don't, you know, I mean, but what are you going to sell? You don't have a quarterback coach. You don't have a coordinator. Uh, so that's what makes sense to me because if let's say they ink somebody like Nussmeyer by the middle, you know, end of this week. And then all of a sudden he goes out and they go, Hey, We've got a coordinator that's quarterback friendly that right. here, go look at his career. He's always NFL been a, you know, a wide open type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what do you think? Um, and, you know, I, when I brought up the name Doug Nussmeyer last week, people were like vomiting, like in, in our comments, like <laughs> they, they, they did, they, they hate this guy, I guess, uh, you know, he, you mentioned his time at Florida. Um, their offenses didn't score a lot at Florida. Like they were, they were ranked uh, mostly in the one hundreds in total offense those years. Yeah. So Nussmeyer, he's a guy. He's held a lot of really, really big jobs over the years. Blue and his work in in the NFL has been very respected. Uh, but you know, what, what, do you understand that when when Nussmeyer gets brought up, fans get very upset? Do you think that that's an irrational response? Yeah. <laughs> Well, they also got upset at the name Gaddis, too. I mean, so, uh, you know, to me, that's yeah. been, you know, you can't not. If you know Mario Cristobal, he doesn't care what uh, we think. 
He doesn't. That's not in true. one, not even close. He doesn't yeah. even, you know, he'll he'll ask people, you know, hey, do you know this guy? But he's making the decision. It's his ship. Uh, he yeah. understands that he has all those personalities that he has to kind of juggle. And, and, and believe me, he doesn't want to bring in somebody that nobody will respect or nobody's going to give an opportunity. So, uh, you know, I mean, if they bring in somebody totally different over the next couple of days or so, so be it. But right now, like I said, those two, you know, from offensive standpoint and defensive, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be very upset if you, if they brought him in there. And I don't understand, you know, cause you, what, was it so great last year? Who cares? They can bring me and you in. It'll be an upgrade. Yeah. With, especially with the talent, year. especially with the talent getting better with the way the offensive exactly. line's getting better. I, I will volunteer you and me to be co-OCs next well, year. Well, you bring up a good point. You know, you said, well, he didn't do very well here. He didn't do very well there. But you know what? If he goes to Alabama, just like Steele, yeah. they're going to be world beaters. Never goes, oh, I told you. I, but, but look at the talent. And you know what? Every Anybody could coach when there's a lot of talent there. Uh, you know, you look at Miami's situation, there's not a whole lot of older talent now, veteran right. talent. They got a lot of young kids. But so the guy that you have to come in, it's got to be somebody who's dynamic uh, on both sides or yeah. somebody who's very familiar with the situation. And I know for a fact the kids really respect Charlie Strong. They do. And I don't care what anybody wants to say. It, oh, he's 68, you know, whatever. Oh, he's getting older. Who cares? Who cares? He's not going to be there forever. But what he's going to be there for is for a time to try to get this thing, this ship moving and then use a lot of younger coaches around him who will drink this in. And when he decides to move on and retire or whatever he's going to do, then those guys will be ready to, to move in. And Mario Cristobal is going nowhere. So all those people think, right. well, Jason Campbell is going to come down here and he thinks he can get the line. No, it ain't happening. That's why the whole thing is, is he's got to hire people who are, are good, but at the same time looking to move on, you know, down the line because it's just the way it happens. I mean, this isn't the old days of Virginia Tech where where you have the same coaches for 14 years. It's just not happening anymore. You look at look at Alabama; they've changed coaches every single year for the last 12 years. So, yeah, you know, in some form. So that's just that's the nature of where we're at. If you're really good, you get an opportunity to coach at a smaller school, you know, a, a group of five school or whatever. It just angers me that people just just start talking without ever thinking what's going to happen down the line, Alex. I mean, you you know, this the big picture is what this is all about. Not somebody's going to come in immediately. Oh, I don't like this guy. I don't. Well, you know what? To me, Miami hasn't done – Miami's not in a position to start judging. <laughs> Believe right. me, they got to right. come in with – and I totally am – every dang time I see that Mario Cristobal, I know what he is. I know what he's all about. He, I mean, he – and we talked about this earlier. He stung in those press conferences. He just – you could see on his face. You know, yeah. and he doesn't want to be in that situation. So what he's going to do is going to hire the person that's going to be best for the program and not just because the fans don't like them or like them. And then that's just the way it is. And you know what? In some schools, when you're a private school and boosters dictate a lot of stuff, cause they do, cause they're writing big checks. Mm -hmm. He made it known really, really early 
that if you're going to hire me, you listen to what I say, not what some guy was told by a fan. Uh, hey, you got to get rid of this guy. You got to make that. Believe me, nobody's going to dictate this football program but him. And and that's why I say I'm not panicked. I think all these people are panicking. He's going to choose a guy that's going to be best for him. And uh, it'll be soon. It has to be because, you know, you even he, as much as he doesn't want, you know, to rush into things, have to understand that they get started in three weeks with spring. And that's supposed to be a time where you set the table uh, yes. for the summer. That's right. All right. So I, I want to, you know, it, it is going to be hard to recruit quarterbacks without a quarterbacks coach and an OC right now. But I want to talk about some of the hottest names for the class of 2024. Plus, got to give props to the Hoops team. They beat down Duke last night. Like, Killed them. That, that wasn't a win. That was a baptism. Like they, they destroyed the Duke Blue Devils. So I cannot wait to talk about that right here on Locked on Canes. And I can never wait to talk about Built Bar. Guys, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I've been trying to eat healthier this year. I know a lot of you have as well. If you're like me, you don't want to compromise taste when you eat healthier. I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously. They're so delicious, you're not going to even believe that they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. I just had a cookie dough chunk puff about 10 minutes before we started taping this. Uh, what makes Built so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. And they come in unbelievable flavors like those cookie dough chunk puffs, churro, peanut butter, brownie. I'm not sure how Built does it, but yeah, these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein and you don't need to wait around now to get a box for years we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com you can still do that with our promo code locked on 15 for 15 percent off but now you can get them at your local walmart or sam's club that's right head to your nearest walmart or sam's club today and grab a 13 bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro you can thank me later because i love me some built bars Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Make sure you make Locked On College Basketball your second listen with experts Andy Patton and Isaac Shade taking you through the college basketball landscape in 30 minutes or less and doing an incredible job available free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Locked On College Basketball. We're going to talk about basketball in a moment, but first, Blue, um, I know Miami wants to, to bring in one of these uh, stud 2024 quarterbacks in recruiting uh, you know, the names that uh, that they seem to be hot on the trails of um, Air Noland out of Georgia, uh, Langston Hughes, perfect quarterback name, by the way. If you can get a guy named Air, the NIL opportunities are endless down here. Uh, they also like Michael Van Buren, uh, no relation to uh, to the old uh, president from a couple hundred years you ago. You never know. <laughs> and, and, you know, another one that they like, who's an Alabama commit, but Miami's in constant communication with Julian Sayan. So what can you tell me about some of these quarterbacks that Miami is after? Well, I got a chance to see Van Buren and saying at the uh, tryout for that uh, raw seven on seven down here. And uh, somebody that I believe that uh, John Ruiz is backing now. So that, that may, uh, that may be a good sign. Uh, both of them are spectacular. I mean, you can't say enough about them. Good size, you know, quick releases, uh, you know, prototype guys that Miami's looking for, no doubt, upper tier type of kids. And uh, certainly somebody you build your program around, you know, yeah. obviously. Um, to me, uh, both of them are fits. 
but my point is this. I mean, it's really tough to hard press them right now uh, because what are you going to hard press them with? Um, there was no past. So obviously, and your, your number one quarterback, Van Dyke, was injured most of the year. So you have no coordinator. You have no offensive scheme. So to me, that's why things like that are essential uh, yeah. to, to hire uh, somebody. So you could go out and say, hey, listen, you know what? Alabama's got three, four kids right ahead of you, and they're pretty damn good. Um, but you could come here and, and, and get in the mix right away. I mean, we're, we have that opportunity. It might not be like that for a long time, but the – I think that that any quarterback you bring in, and, and those two plus uh, the young man from Georgia, who is right in that mode as well. I mean, you know, one of the one of the better ones in the country did well at all the elite eleven competitions and passes the eye test and checks all the boxes as a prospect. But uh, to me, we just you know once we hire an offensive coordinator and have an idea who it is and what their schemes are and you know who they've worked with in the past, then then game's on. But right yeah. now, I don't see how Miami could really be in the mix with, an, uh, you know, a major, major, major star when they don't have anybody to, to you know, to kind of sell that to. So if we learned anything today is uh, let's hope we get these vacancies filled as soon as possible. Now, yeah. we do. I don't want to sacrifice quality over getting it done quickly. Like, I'd rather get it done right. But ideally, oh. we need to get it done right and quickly. I think yeah. both of these things need to happen. But you know what did get done right? Uh, the Miami Hurricanes basketball team. They they just demolished the Duke Blue Devils, uh, eighty one to fifty nine last night. The nineteenth ranked Canes. Uh, hope, hopefully, they're going to be moving up considerably in the next poll. Like Blue, it was absolute destruction. Uh, Jim Laranega's team. They looked so organized. They were toying with Duke. Uh, Twenty one turnovers forced, and they were turning those turnovers into points. You know, Norchad Omier ends up having a big game, leading Miami in scoring. Jordan Miller was the guy who started hot and got into double figures. Like, Miami basically, outside of, like, I think Omier had, like, a, a missed layup at one point where it's like he thought about either dunking it, didn't know what to – outside of that, Miami couldn't put a foot wrong the entire game. Like, it was absolute domination. And I, I think Jim Laranega's team is going to be poised to make a big run here in the tournament. Well, you know, people like Joe Lenardi and, and you know, those who follow the game understand that Miami, like Iowa State, a team that Miami beat last year, but really yeah. doing a tremendous. Those are the teams you got to watch out for because both of them are capable. And although Miami's going to be, should be out rebounded in every single game that they play, but they're not. Yeah. And that just shows you that they have shooting. And look at Nigel Pack. He didn't really even do much last night. You know, he, yeah. he, he gave up shots. He, he, yeah, he had a put back, he had a put back dunk. Other than that it was really quiet. Yeah, yeah. Other than that. And he's the guy, he's the go-to offensive threat, you know, for the team. So, you know, I look at that, you know, what they have going on right now and, and and I every time I talk about Coach L, I I just can't believe what an outstanding coach, one of the best in the country. I mean, yeah. I don't care what anybody say. And now he's getting that respect. You know, I mean, when Seth Greenberg talks about you a lot, or uh, you know, the, some of the some of the uh, talking heads of uh, college basketball, um, you know, are, are are praising you. You got to understand 
I mean, and, and he's been around a long time, 45, 50 years in the game. I, you know, I, I, whenever I talk to our friend Joe Z, I always say, listen, I've got a picture of Coach Al when he was on the staff at Davidson, uh, when he was on the staff of Virginia, when he was first, you know, starting out uh, with Terry Holland, who was wow. a tremendous coach at Virginia. So, you know, I mean, I remember the days when he started out and nobody knew who the heck he was and he was. Uh, just a really good mind. And they talked about him back in the seventies and eighties as someone to keep an eye on. And I'll tell you what, he loves this stuff. You know what? Here's a guy, here's a man in his seventies, but yet he relates to these kids like no other. I mean, you know, he, even last night after the game, we had an opportunity to watch him on the post game. And, and all he did was talk about what a great group of guys. He says, I get along with them. You know, we eat together. We have a great time. And, uh, that's a that's that's a huge ringing endorsement too. So uh, I'm excited. You know they got Louisville and they got North Carolina. So it's mm-hmm. you know these these next couple of games are going to be pretty tough for them. But you know what they uh, as long as they play at home, <laughs> watch out because they haven't lost at home at all. I think they're 13 and 0 at home. That's right. And they compete like heck on the road. Yeah. I mean, even against Duke the last time around at Cameron. And, and that's not an easy place to play. Miami came within points and won in the game. Came up with a big, huge win over Clemson, who had happened to be one of the, t- the hottest teams in the ACC. And, and, and they were like 12-1 and one at home. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you can never count this. Beating FSU to a pulp on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, so I think that everybody understands around the country that Miami, Come come dance time. You better look at your brackets, and uh, and you better see who's where they are because if they put them out west, watch out. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's going to be how many teams that we always have from the ACC. I think the Big Twelve this year is going to uh, is going to get a lot more teams. Like I said, you know, you have Kansas and you have Texas and you have Iowa. I think Iowa State's the real. Yeah. Uh, surprised because they brought back everybody from a much improved team last year. And I knew that the coach, uh, I watched him. He was actually at UNLV for a year and then moved on. But uh, yeah, I, I, I can't say enough. And, and the women are doing real well. Katie's done a tremendous job and, you know, she's got a lot of different personalities on the team, but, uh, and, and like I say, if you're going to make a living in the ACC, you better bring it every single night. And I don't care who it's against. Amen to that. Guys, make sure you follow Larry Bluestein on Twitter at Larry Bluestein. Check out his work on AM560 Sports WQAM on the Sixth Ring Kane Show. Blue, can't thank you enough for taking the time. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too, Alex. Thanks so much. Love it, guys. Make sure uh, if you can take some time to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're going to do some shout-outs on that later on in the week. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, Make sure if you're watching us on YouTube, you hit the thumbs up, hit the like button, and subscribe. We will talk to you next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.